1: Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of the Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self. So welcome to this episode. This is a COVID-19 themed episode today. After this week, I'm going to be going back to my pre-recorded episodes that I planned obviously before this whole situation kicked off. Um, So perhaps that will be a bit of distraction, a bit more normality to get back to. So hopefully you'll look forward to that. But this week, I'm talking to the wonderful Dr. Frankie Jackson Spence, who is a GP. And she has been sharing a lot about the facts around covid-19 and busting a lot of myths and helping people to feel calmer and less anxious by spreading you know helpful information so i really wanted to speak to her about this topic so she shares about how she's handling it how her job has changed as a result of this crisis we talk about the importance of physical distancing she busts some of the most common myths that she hears and she shares her tips for feeling calm in the face of this situation. I also want to let you know that I've created a new toolkit which is designed to help you to feel calm and resilient in uncertain times. You can check it out on my website at calmayou.com forward slash bend don't break. So that's you.com forward slash bend don't break. So let's get into the interview with Dr. Frankie. This episode is sponsored by my favourite actwear brand, Sweaty Betty. Their all-female design team source the best technical fabrics, which means their products perform under the toughest conditions and feel amazing on your skin. All products are also wear a trialed by female staff to ensure they perform and flatter and fit the female body. If the staff don't love it, it doesn't get made. There are so many activewear brands to shop from, but Sweaty Betty is special because all their products from run and yoga to swim and ski are engineered to last. This is not fast fashion, it's high quality. And I have several pieces from Sweaty Betty that I've had for years and I continue to wear and love. Sweaty Betty now has a host of sustainable products, including their Super Sculpt leggings made from post-consumer plastic bottles. Their Italian Fleece has been replaced with a recycled cotton blend alternative, and they are reducing the amount of consumer packaging sent to customers. Sweaty Betty are offering listeners twenty percent off when you enter the promo code KarmaU on their website. You'll also find the link in the show notes. So, twenty percent off at Sweaty Betty when you enter the code KarmaU. That's C A L M E R Y O U. Check out their stuff; I think you're gonna love it. Welcome, Dr. Frankie. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, like many people, have been watching a lot of your Instagram stories over the past couple of weeks, and they've been so, so helpful. So I really wanted to to just get you on to talk about everything that's going on at the moment and your professional opinion on things. Can you just share a little bit about your work and and what kind of doctor you are and and how you help people?
2: Yeah, so um, my name is Dr. Frankie Jackson-Spence. I'm an NHS junior doctor. So I'm a foundation year two doctor and I'm currently working in general practice. Um, So that's where I am at the moment, uh, which has massively seen some changes uh, with this pandemic which we can talk about um but yes so I'm not in a hospital I'm actually at the on the general practice front line I guess. Okay so that's that's obviously you're you're a GP people
0: are coming in with their day-to-day kind of issues and and how has that changed then recently in terms of what kind of people you're seeing and, and speaking to?
2: So a typical day of a GP would be seeing a patient sort of every 10 to 15 minutes face to face and a couple of weeks ago when this all started to get pretty serious we had to make some overnight changes basically where we shut the doors and we basically turned everything to telephone consultations and e-consultations so we're really trying to avoid the footfall in the surgery because obviously anyone could be carrying this virus and a lot of the vulnerable group of people have to come to the GP regularly so it's been a very big change really going from seeing people face to face all the time to actually seeing them you know over the phone or even by video chat. Wow that's so interesting how how do you Mm.
0: think that affects things do you find that it's as effective you know doing it on the phone or
2: online? So in some ways I think it's good because it means you can see a lot more patients per hour so, a phone conversation or an e consultation will take me about half the time as a face to face consultation because you think about the little old lady that needs to come in and take a coat off and things. It's all time that's not really spent doing medicine. So, in one way, that's good. In one way, that's not so good because obviously that's a risk for burnout for doctors if they're seeing many more patients. Usually, in a typical day, I might see 30 patients and now I can be getting 50 plus. Um, So that is one big change. The second thing is that it is a positive because a lot of people come to the GP with things that we really can deal with over the phone. You know, if someone comes in and they just need a repeat prescription or they need some contraception or they might have something simple like a viral cough, not quite the COVID cough, but the general viral coughs, we don't actually need to see them to treat that. So in some ways, people now are learning that many trivial things they can treat themselves at home. And I think that going forward, if people can remember that during this crisis, they've managed to treat their, you know, fungal nail infection at home, it will really reduce pressures on the NHS going forward.
0: That's such an interesting one, isn't it? And, mm. and good get to, to remember that there are some positive things coming out of this crisis that actually we're mm. adapting and we're learning new ways of working and being and it's opening up possibilities and kind of forcing mm. us to change in a way that's really positive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And in the NHS, anyone that's listening that works in healthcare will know that anything takes months to process. If a practice comes up with a new idea, it takes three or four months for that to be put in place. We're making these kind of changes overnight now. So in terms of efficiency at a managerial level of the NHS, we can really sort of be more fast paced and forward thinking um, going forward because we know we can make these changes much quicker than previously done. That's so fascinating. And, and good. Yeah, I used to work for the
0: NHS many years ago as a nutritionist. Yeah. And I um, remember how hard it was to make changes because everything's got to be done through this massive system. So it does take a long time. But that's, that's fascinating that it's exactly you know, things through more easily. Yeah. Um, can we talk about some of the advice that you've been giving to people? Because I think it seems like your Instagram page has become such a source of um, credible advice for people. There's lots of people with, you know, anxious questions that they're asking and you're, you're putting their minds at at, at ease, um, so much. Um, can you talk about the, the whole thing about staying home and, and why that's so important and why you're, why you're really recommending and everyone's recommending that message <laughs>
2: now? Well, first of all, anyone could be carrying the virus. There's lots of people who are young, fit and healthy who can be tested positive for the virus but actually show no symptoms. So if they go out even to the supermarket and they touch something in the supermarket or they get within two metres of anyone else, they could pass that virus on without realising. So it's not just people who are symptomatic that need to be following this social distancing advice, it's everyone. And you know the virus can't pass under your front door if you stay home and you're a carrier for the virus you'll clear that virus in one to two weeks and therefore you then can't pass it on so essentially models have shown that social distancing can reduce the spread by sort of 70 80 percent so it really does work scientifically but only if people adhere to it and it seems like such a simple thing you know if everyone in the world stayed home for two weeks the virus would essentially go it's crazy. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. I wonder how many people are adhering to it. Are there any, do you know about that? I think,
2: I really think people are struggling to adhere to it because I feel like my question and answer session on my Instagram stories has been really effective for easing anxieties. But also some of the questions I receive are kind of concerning because people will say, you know, I've been advised only to leave the house once a day for exercise. Can I walk the dog as one and go for a run as one? and people seem to be trying to ask me to sort of give them permission to make loopholes in this guidance you know it's just stay home don't know you can't go out twice a day you've been advised to go once so i do think people will struggle with that i also think people really will struggle with not seeing friends and family it seems almost an alien concept that your elderly grandparents who are vulnerable for example need you more than ever during this time and yet the one thing you've been told to do is stay as far away from them as you can. So I think people are struggling and even myself, I'm struggling. I'm a really busy person. I love nipping out. I tend to be one of those people that shops daily rather than weekly. So I'll just nip to the shops to see what I fancy each day. And now I'm really having to kind of change my entire way of living and plan for one or two weeks in advance. Yeah, I think it's, I think people are struggling. Do you think it's that, um...
0: I suppose this whole situation is kind of so overwhelming for people and and then it's moving so quickly. The advice seems to be changing or it has in the last couple of weeks. Um, Do you think there's just confusion around that or it's, it's almost as though we're trying to find a loophole? We're kind of saying to ourselves, oh, surely I can just do this or do that or...
2: I think if you have no symptoms, you feel completely well, and you haven't been personally affected by this virus in terms of you don't really know anyone that's been hospitalised with it, it's easy to think, oh, it's not that bad, it's just like a flu. But, you know, the government are building a 4,000-bed military hospital at the Excel Centre in London. If that doesn't scare people, I don't know what will, because that shows that we've not hit the peak yet. We're expecting 4,000 more people to be hospitalised and we know that only about 4% of people who get the virus need hospital. That's quite scary numbers. So I think that until it hits a bit closer to home for people, people really will struggle because it's so easy to think, oh, I don't have any symptoms, I'll just pop out.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's such a good, good reminder. And yeah, that really hits home. That image, I think, just yeah. to remind ourselves of how, how important that is. Yeah. Um, one thing that I saw, I think the World Health Organization. I don't know if they've changed their advice from calling it social distancing to physical distancing, mm. to remind us that we can still. I don't know. Is that to remind us that we can still be sociable, but obviously not in in physical yes. presence with each other? It's kind of a nicer term, maybe.
2: Yeah. So social distancing and social isolation, if you have symptoms, they're different things. doesn't have to mean loneliness. I don't know about you, but I actually feel more connected than ever to my friends because we're video calling all the time. Um, there's lots of apps popping up where you can have multiple video calls with lots of friends at, w- at one time. And people really s- seem to be connected online now. Um, so I think, yeah, you know, is it really that different going to meet for a coffee or sitting for 40 minutes on, on video call? I'm not sure it is that different really. That's so true, that's so true. Yeah, I think, I think one of the apps is called House Party.
0: Yeah, Someone told me about that today and, and Zoom, yeah. obviously we're speaking on Zoom now. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's lots of ways to connect and um, yeah, so many people seem to be saying that, that they are more connected to people than ever before Yeah. Um, because we're all checking in with each other more, I guess.
2: Exactly. And it's really shown us that what matters right now, you know, the things that we used to think mattered, like have I eaten in the new restaurant that's just opened up in London or have I been to this, you know, from my industry fitness and wellness event this week. And actually now what's important is have I checked up on the people I care about? Is the person I know that's self-isolating on their own for a few weeks? Are they okay? And it's really kind of made people more grounded, I feel
0: yeah totally get yeah getting back to what matters most and I suppose our lives have been simplified in a way I'm hearing of those people cooking and they never cook and gardening and yeah have you been cooking what have you been
2: what have you been making um everything I poached eggs nearly every day and that used to used to be a weekend luxury um I've made a lot of things that you know when you buy like a pre-made sauce to make a curry or something I've now been making it from scratch I definitely find I've got a lot more free time
0: that's that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Um, what do you think about? Well, firstly, I wanted to know how you personally are handling it as someone that's working in the NHS, and also how do you think if you've got other friends who are working maybe in um, intensive care and that sort
2: of thing, how how to, how are they handling everything? So for me personally. It is a lot busier at work, um, as I mentioned. Everything that's the norm, the way that I've been trained to work, is completely different. You know, I've been trained to be a doctor face to face, to physically put my hands on patients, examine them, listen to their chests, for example. And now I do feel like there's a, a barrier between me and the patient because it's via video call or a telephone consult. You don't quite get the same social cues, so in some ways that it makes work more difficult. But actually, there's a real sense of teamwork and togetherness in the NHS. General practice is actually quite an isolating specialty. You all sit in your individual rooms within the clinic and you don't really communicate with other doctors that much. So now there's a lot more team huddles, two meters apart, of course, Um, but actually checking everyone is adjusting okay, coping okay. Um, And also a lot of people at work have been personally affected by the virus, either them or a family member. So there's a lot of checking up on each other. So in terms of going to work, actually, it's quite pleasant. It's quite, it is actually quite an exciting time to be a doctor because now more than ever, people are realizing how important the NHS is. And, you know, even last night when there was the big clap for the carers, that was quite an emotional moment. So yeah. from my perspective, yes, I'm busier, but this is what, you know, this is what it is to be a doctor. And it's like everyone's time to come forward is kind of happening. So that's good. I do feel quite privileged to be working in general practice at the moment. I was actually due to start in the emergency department at a big hospital, the Royal London Hospital, um, next week, actually. But the seniors have decided that it's too dangerous to switch trainees over. So obviously training a new trainee up is a time where they might be underskilled and we don't have the resources to do that. So a lot of my friends that have been working in intensive care or the emergency departments, are now continuing to work there. And I think their stories are quite different. You know, the intensive cares are full. They're having to create other wards for the confirmed COVID patients. Um, A lot of elective surgeries are being cancelled and the actual theatre rooms where we normally do operations are now being extended intensive care. So actually, I think that hospital staff have got it a lot worse than general practice. And of course, you know, I speak to some of my friends who are physically treating these patients, getting up close and personal, and a lot of them are struggling mentally with the fact that they have to then go home to their families.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's really tough. That's really tough. I'm really, yeah, hoping that this situation can help us to fund the NHS better and really appreciate the nhs and all the staff and yeah. i hope the, the government are gonna yeah. take better care of the nhs this podcast episode is sponsored by better help is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals therapy has massively helped me in the past to make sense of my thoughts and process my emotions better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist And you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional counselling that's done securely online. This service is available for clients worldwide and BetterHelp matches you with a counsellor based on what it is that you want to work on and their expertise. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is also available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. And BetterHelp are doing a special offer for Karma U listeners. You get 10% off your first month. When you visit, try better help. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Karma U. That URL again, trybetterhelp.com forward slash Karma you to get 10% off your first month's online counselling. Um, Are there any myths that you can bust because I for one have had loads of these copy and paste you know, messages on whatsapp or facebook saying you know drink hot drinks and you know I don't know lie under the full moon or whatever it is and I know. these things that you've got to do are there are there certain myths that you've come across that you can bust for us
2: yeah absolutely I think people always come up with these myths because they're kind of sexy and it's exciting and it gives people a bit of hope but actually. Are all a load of rubbish. Um, I've heard some that yeah, drinking hot drinks is better than drinking cold drinks because the virus can't survive in hot temperatures. So that's not true. You know, the virus will be killed at extremely hot temperatures, but not the heat of a hot drink. Um, and certainly having a sip of a hot tea isn't going to kill the virus if you're carrying it. So that's a myth. You can drink all the iced coffees you want right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard some that gargling salt water will kill the virus I feel like people always turn to the kitchen cupboard for these natural methods of medicine you know people are saying that garlic fights the virus or um, garlic tablets or gargling salt water when actually these things aren't doing anything if you've got a sore throat gargling some salt water might make you feel a little bit better but it's not going to do anything for the virus
0: Yeah okay I think it's yeah so good to just to recognize that we need to make sure where we're getting our information from so from a doctor from uh, the NHS from the World Health Organization and just being aware that I suppose there are going to be companies that are trying to profit from their immune boosting elixirs and um, we shouldn't you know waste our money or put too much hope on that or yeah. Yeah.
2: Whilst a you know, know this is a nutritionist, but a diet that's very balanced, you know, focusing on good nutrition puts you in better stead to fight off any cold and flu, but no one food group is immune boosting. You know, all these, you know, a healthy diet in general might support a well-functioning immune system, but there isn't any particular food, any food that claims to be an antioxidant that actually helps you fight a virus off more effectively. So people just need to really question everything they read. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And if it was as simple as gargling hot water, then the ITUs wouldn't be filled with people that are requiring assisted ventilation. Mm,
0: Totally, totally. Um, Do you have any specific advice for um, people that are... Um, pregnant or that maybe have more compromised immune systems is there specific advice for those people who might be especially anxious right now
2: so pregnant women and people who either have a immune suppressive condition or are on immune suppressive medications for for example inflammatory bowel disease or arthritis those people are considered in the high risk population So if you are considered high risk, the NHS will have written to these people this week a letter advising them to be particularly stringent with the social distancing guidelines for the next 12 weeks. So this doesn't mean you necessarily have to be housebound for 12 weeks, but it means being particularly cautious. For pregnant women, I feel like it must be so much more anxiety fueling for them because they're trying to grow a baby. They're worrying about the kind of world they're bringing a baby into right now. Um, But I just want to reiterate that the guidance for pregnant women is actually precautionary. So we know that other viruses, such as chickenpox, for example, or rubella, affect pregnant women more seriously than non-pregnant women. And we also know that having a fever during pregnancy isn't preferable as that can sometimes interfere with things. However, we don't have any actual evidence from this virus, so the coronavirus, that it has any adverse effects on pregnancy. So I just want to reassure pregnant women that whilst it's still an area that lacks evidence and lacks literature, at the moment the guidance is precautionary. They're not saying that these pregnant women are at more of risk Of either catching the virus or having a more severe illness. So the current guidance from the Royal College of Gynaecologists and Obstetricians, which is the governing body um, for that department, are still advising pregnant women to go to all their antenatal screening for example. I know a lot of women are scared about going to have checks because they don't want to go to hospital but the guidance is still to go. Okay yeah yeah that's good to know I think for people.
0: Um, I suppose I mean what I'm hearing from from loads of people is that this is um, one of the most anxiety provoking things that's ever happened and yeah. it's happening on such a big scale it's almost everyone in the world is probably affected by this to some extent mm-hmm. And I think our anxiety levels are just you know whether whether people have anxiety already this is probably just pushing it up or even people yeah. who are normally you know on the calmer side this, yeah. this is a very stressful event. Yes. What, what, would, what can you say to those sorts
2: of people? What, what do you advise um, in terms of that? Well, I think that, as you mentioned, people who have pre-existing anxiety, and there are lots of people with health anxiety specifically, will be finding this really tough. And the people who haven't actually suffered from anxiety before will be having these new feelings and they're not quite sure how to deal with them. I think some tips for dealing with anxiety is to... Try and create a new normal. So, some of this is coming from uncertainty. The fact that every time we log on to the news at 5 pm, we don't know what we're going to be faced with. So, in some ways, my tips would be to create a normal routine, a new normal routine. So, if you're someone who enjoys getting out the house to go to work and you have your little routine, try and create a new one at home. Having some structure to the day definitely helps you get through the day on a day by day basis. Um, I think that keeping up with some physical activity will help ease anxiety because we know that exercise releases endorphins which are happy hormones and that gives everyone a bit of a mood boost i think being mindful of how much news you're consuming so if you know that every time you watch the news and you're faced with the numbers rising and the death toll and horrific scenes of what's happening in hospitals don't put that to yourself Go on, find the guidance. So you make sure you're managing yourself safely, but don't, you know, you choose how much you consume. I think another thing is to stay socially connected with other people. Talk about how you're feeling. I think lots of people are feeling anxiety and actually sharing that feeling with someone else makes you think, okay, at least it's not just me. You know, we are all in this together and even people that you think are really brave and strong might tell you, yeah, they're feeling really vulnerable at the moment, too. And that actually can be quite comforting. And lastly, of course everything else that we used to see in general practice, for example, anxiety, depression, heart attacks, strokes, those things are still important. So if you feel like your thoughts that you're having about and your mental well-being is suffering, then please still seek support from general practice. um, And we can direct you to the appropriate support, whether that be talking therapies, medication, or even local support services. Um, I think that, you know, you don't have to think you can't come to the doctor about something just because of covid we can still help you i think that's such an important uh, point actually because it
0: almost seems as though this situation has just hijacked everything it's taken yeah. over no one's thinking about brexit anymore that's like no. oh last year um, and yet you know people are still going to be having their day-to-day health issues and depression and anxiety and it's good to know that you know, they can still go and speak to their GP if it's on the phone or video link or mm-hmm. um, still be seeking support because, you know, your experience is still valid, even though there's this other stuff going on as well. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those tips. Um, okay. Are there any other common questions that you found yourself getting
2: asked that you um, can answer and, and share with us? I've had a lot of questions about people with asthma. Asthma is a really common lung condition that a lot of the population have, and asthma has been grouped into the vulnerable population. And what I think is important that people with any chronic condition, whether that be asthma or any other disease they might see the doctor about, is to go onto specialist websites for advice. So, for example, the government website might tell you that asthma is considered vulnerable, but if you go on the Asthma UK website, it will tell you exactly which group of asthmatics would be considered vulnerable. And actually educating yourself a bit about the condition you have and how it might be affected will make you feel a lot better. Um, You know, asthma is a spectrum of disease. Some people have really mild asthma and only use an inhaler when they exercise. And other people have really severe asthma, what we call brittle asthma. And those people might have admissions to hospital with their breathing. So, you know, COVID will affect those two patients differently, even though they've both got the same asthma label. So basically, my advice there is anyone with a chronic condition, don't just take the surface level guidance you're getting from the government as gospel, educate yourself, go to the specialist sources, and that will definitely give you more guidance.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess it could be so easy. I think the the definition of anxiety is where we imagine the future and imagine the worst, and we, you know, our imagination goes into overdrive. But actually, really arming mm. yourself with the facts and not necessarily going to the worst-case scenario in your mind.
2: Yes, I think is. I think a lot of the anxiety is coming from the fear of the unknown, and that's a completely normal human instinct. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So actually, educating yourself within reason is definitely a good thing to do.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked, I think you shared something on your Instagram, which was a clip of this morning and Philip Schofield was reading out this letter from a Chinese teacher, I think. And it was just a really, um, quite a positive letter all about how, you know, how can we as much as possible accept this situation for what it is and kind of embrace the fact that we're at home and make the best of it and try not to, control thing, try try to control things. Cause I suppose a lot of a lot of anxiety again is about um trying to control things and feeling unsafe because we're outside of control. Um, yeah. And perhaps I'll post a link in the show notes of this episode to that letter if yeah. people want to read it. I really liked yeah. uh, that it it was that. a
2: great it was a great clip. It was basically a lady who's you know been going through this in China and saying, you know, we're coming out the other side. It becomes less scary. It becomes more normal you know, if you worry about something before it even happens, you basically put yourself through it twice. All people need to do is stay at home. Don't go out very much. If they do keep to small groups, like maximum one other person, keep two meters apart, go to the supermarket when it's not busy. And actually this will pass this is temporary i think that's the way that i keep waking up in the morning and i think well one step closer one day closer to this all being over that's a good that's a good
0: a good thought remembering that mm. this too shall pass and you know things will, will we will come out the other side of this and yeah
2: and i think people should use this time that they have to do everything on that list that they want to do that they never get time to do um, for example i've just redone my website because I've been putting that off the whole year so far and I've, I've had more time to do it because in the evenings I don't have socialising, I don't have events to go to. So there, use this free time to invest in yourself so that when you come out of this period you know you really can get off to a good start.
0: Definitely and I think it's so important to remember that, that there are some positives coming out of this, that we are learning yeah. things about ourselves, we're connecting in different ways Um, Are there any other positives that you've noticed or
2: that you you imagine there might be? So I think that we'd become a really technology driven society. If you went out to a restaurant, you would see so many people on their phones, not really talking to each other. And I think it's really going to make us appreciate that going out for dinner is actually a treat. I remember when I was growing up, we'd only go out for a meal when it was someone's birthday. And now I live in London and probably go out every week, if not twice a week, um, out of convenience. And I think it will really make us appreciate the little luxuries that we have in life rather than just considering them normal. I think a lot of people have become more connected with their families, um, being at home more rather than always being out and being busy. I I guess we've realized how important exercise is to us in the outdoors. I don't know about you, but I really value that one trip outdoors to exercise now.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Whereas,
2: you know, why was I ever going to, you know, sit inside when now I'm dying to go on a run every day? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's,
0: uh, I like watching people's exercise setups at home, people using like tins
2: of beans or different things that they fashion to try and um, exercise. Um, It's just kind of, making us go back to a more simple life isn't it yeah Yeah, even in terms of other things like dating life and things I feel like people now are really going back to conversation and do you actually get on with that person or was it going to a nice fancy restaurant or on a nice holiday that you liked it's actually do you like the person
0: you're with (laughs) it's fascinating I'm yeah that's going to be a really interesting thing to to see what people do what people do for dating is it all going to be yeah I
2: don't know are we gonna go Skype back sex. to <laughs> are we gonna go back to face-to-face dating or is it gonna, you know, are we gonna move away from dating apps and go back to talking in real life? It's all interesting, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, so I definitely think, yeah, trying to focus on some of the good things, accept the situation that we're in, yeah. Um, you know, be in the present moment, connect with people. Um all those things are so, so important to, to remember right now. Yeah. Um, amazing. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared. I hope this is going to be really helpful for people. Um, Where can people find out more about
2: you and um, follow you online and your website and that sort of thing? So my Instagram and Twitter handles are at JS, and my website is www.drfrankiejs.com.
0: Amazing. And I'll post all those links in the show notes as well for people. Thank you so much for speaking to me, Frankie. It's been really, really You're interesting.
2: Welcome. Thanks for having me on. I hope that just by hearing from someone that's, you know, on the front line that we'll get through it, I will ease some anxieties.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you gained a lot from this episode. Come on over to Instagram and let me know what are you taking from this episode? Find me at Chloe Brotheridge. And I would love it if you would leave me a review in the podcast app or in iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast, leave me a rating. And is there someone in your life that would really benefit from this podcast? You can let them know by sharing this podcast. I'd be so, so grateful. So I'm just wishing you a wonderful week ahead, sending you loads of love. Hopefully you'll tune in again and I'll see you soon.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better?